Inside Out Wellness Podcast. Hey there, sis. I'm Katie Hardy, founder of Wholehardy.com and creator of the Inside Out Wellness Method. If you're looking to confidently build and consistently show up for a total wellness lifestyle based on your personality, schedule, and goals, then this is the podcast for you. After plenty of trial and error, I finally mastered the art of the mind-body connection, and I'm here to help you create a healthier mind so you can build your healthiest body all from the inside out. My certification in integrative wellness and behavior change from Duke Health plus dozens of real-life client success stories will fuel our chats here. Are you ready to create true and lasting success? Here we go. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode nine of the Inside Out Wellness Podcast. We are at well over 800 downloads as of this episode, and my only regret is not starting this podcast sooner. So thank you all for all of the amazing reviews and DMs and tags on Instagram and emails and texts. This is honestly what keeps me going. I'm really excited about today's guest and today's topic. We have functional nutrition specialists. Kira Widom on the show talking about how what we eat and how we eat 100% without a doubt wholeheartedly impacts our inside world, which in turn 100% without a doubt wholeheartedly affects our outside world. Now, if you're like most, you may have let your healthy eating habits slack a little bit this spring and now leading into the summer. Your world has been flipped upside down with COVID-19, working from home, making a thousand meals a day for you and your family, adapting to ordering food online or spacing out grocery shopping. And depending on how far you let those healthy eating habits slide, your gut may be suffering the consequences. And since our gut has been deemed as our second brain, then the gut suffering makes your entire body and mind suffer the consequences too. So have you ever heard of the term gut health? Or have you ever read anything about healing your gut? Now, what's interesting about your gut is you might believe what you're eating is healthy in general, but it might not be healthy for you specifically. So unfortunately for many of us, certain foods, even some quote healthy ones, have unwanted side effects when we consume them. So in today's session, we'll also be discussing what a food intolerance might look like, what science has to say about them, and then how to narrow in on the best foods for your individual system. So let me tell you a little bit about our guest expert today, Kira. Kira Widom is a functional nutrition specialist who helps women with autoimmune disease simplify their health and take control of their disease. She holds a master's in health and nutrition education from Hawthorne University, as well as additional training from the School of Applied Functional Medicine, Metabolic Healing Institute, and Institute for Functional Medicine. Kira combines the principles of holistic nutrition and functional medicine to help people bring their bodies back to their intended state of wellness. She is a firm believer in the healing power of food and helps her clients make empowered choices while gaining an understanding of what nourishes and depletes the body. 
I mean, wow, guys, if you've ever been contemplating what foods and drinks are helping versus harming your body, mind, and life, I think we hit the jackpot with today's expert. Before we dive into today's session, on a scale of 1 to 10, how frustrated are you when it comes to not just knowing what to do to achieve a wellness goal in the areas of nutrition, fitness, or mindfulness, but actually sticking to whatever plan you told yourself you were going to stick to? If you're above a 5, listen up. You simply cannot just let your inner critic tell you who you are, who you're not, and what you should do. You can't just start a diet or a fitness plan or a meditation practice on Monday and expect that you're going to like it, let alone stick to it, and see results from it. Nope. Trust me, guys. I've rinsed and repeated this process 1.2 million times. Instead, you need a method of knowing exactly what you want for yourself, why it's important to you, what's holding you back, and then the exact steps to get from point A to point B. And you're in luck because I created this method based on my certification in integrative wellness and behavior change from Duke Health. It's called the Inside Out Wellness Method. And I'm giving away one of the first set of steps for free over at wholehearty.com slash comeback. Go snag this video training and wellness planning guide I call Inner Boss Outer Balance because you know you're killing it in at least one area of your life right now, right? Work, perhaps? A hobby? You're going to learn how to channel that inner confidence, that inner badass, that inner boss, and use it to crush it in wellness as well. Don't believe me? Go grab your Inner Boss Outer Balance Starter Kit over at wholehearty.com slash comeback this week, and you'll also get a free 20-minute breakthrough session with me to talk through your personal wellness barriers and how to bust right through them. You heard that right. Hop on over to wholehearty.com slash comeback now to snag the starter kit and book your session with me. Final tidbit, y'all know how much your reviews give me oxygen. So a big shout out to my girl, Michelle Evans, who knows me, y'all. Here's a little window into my life 20 years ago. Gosh, that's crazy. Katie has been interested in fitness and taking care of one's body since I met her my freshman year of college. She would buy every fitness magazine, read every fitness article online, and went to the gym way more than the rest of us. Maybe all of us combined. I love hearing how she transformed her true passion into helping others feel wonderful about themselves. Her podcast information is practical, long-lasting, and totally doable for busy women in 2020. I love how she focuses on not just learning to love the way you look, but helps to teach you how to love yourself from the inside out. Keep up the good work, sis. Ah, Michelle, thank you so, so much. I love featuring a combination of reviews from folks who are brand new to the world of Wholehearty and are newly inspired, and also from friends who have known me for decades. So if you're one or the other and you want to hear your review read on the podcast, scroll down on your iPhone and review now. Or if you have an Android or a Google phone, hop over to wholehearty.com slash iTunes and leave a review online. 
Okie dokie, let's start today's wellness session. All right, everyone, I am here with Kira Widom, who is a functional nutrition specialist. Kira, thanks so much for being with us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yes. So um, I gave a little intro before we started this conversation, but let our listeners know who you are, what you do, who you help, and how you help them. Yeah. So I primarily work with women who have autoimmune disease. So these are women that have been diagnosed, know that they probably have some changes to make, but don't really know what to prioritize. Maybe they've been handed medications and sent on their way and told, you know, come back in six months, let's get a checkup and see how labs work. But they are not feeling well. So we really work to identify the underlying areas of imbalance. So looking at diet and lifestyle, genetics and lab work, and then really putting together a plan of action to help kick their disease into remission. Yeah, that that's awesome. And I remember you and I did an Instagram live on this um, like a few weeks ago, and it was really enlightening to discuss how when we were younger, autoimmune wasn't really discussed that much. And it was just maybe, you know, swept under the rug or, or pushed aside for just digestive issues. So to kick this off, can you explain to us what constitutes or defines an autoimmune disease? Oh, it's so tricky because an autoimmune disease, for one, there's like over a hundred right now. Oh, wow. Because, yeah. Yeah. It's insane. So basically I mean, for those that don't know, it's a medical condition where your immune system starts targeting the beneficial microbes of the body and the healthy cells of your body. So basically, if you have Hashimoto's, your thyroid's attacking itself. If you have autoimmune hepatitis, your liver is attacking itself. So the immune system has essentially gone haywire. It doesn't know what's good, what's bad anymore. <laughs> and so it's killing everything um, and basically just attacking those healthy cells. And like I said, there's over a hundred different diseases right now that have been identified. And like you said, I'm sure years ago, it was much, much less. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so it's basically your immune system attacking itself. And there are, you said there's over, like there's hundreds. So which are there some there that are maybe more common? So if people listening today are thinking, man, do I have one or am I familiar with one? What would maybe be like, I don't know, top three or five that people might be able to resonate with? Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like you hear Hashimoto's quite often, mm -hmm. rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, even psoriasis now is considered an autoimmune condition. Wow. Wow. And and you had said too, it's not necessarily anything that came from hereditary um, or from genetics, but a lot of it, would you say primarily is lifestyle? It's a combination. So, I mean, they say that about one third is genetics, mm. but that's the thing. Where's the other two thirds? Because you can turn on and off genes. So yeah, it, it comes down to lifestyle, whether it's things that you've been eating consistently over the years terrible sleep can be a trigger. Chronic stress can be a trigger. Infections, exposures. There's so many different things. Yeah. Okay. So we, before we get into like how the gut is really a big part of this and plays such a big role, um, what drove you to want to help women in this way? So, I mean, my story started out with chronic digestive issues. So mm -hmm. <laughs> now, now they say that, that IBS it's not technically an autoimmune disease, but they wonder if there's some components there. So I was the chronic IBS sufferer. I mean, from childhood well into my 20s, it's just 
you know, bloating and stomach pain. And it started out as a joke, like, oh, I look eight months pregnant today. Ha ha ha. But in reality, I was pretty miserable, but I wasn't getting any answers. And even after trying to change my diet and then going through nutrition school and seeing, okay, well, I'm getting some results. I still wasn't completely better. And that's when I started learning about functional medicine and then my husband was diagnosed with two autoimmune disorders. So that oh, gosh. really spiraled my research and led me to find him a functional MD and then just kind of started my journey into that training as well. Yeah. So you have training specifically in functional nutrition. And I love how you really took your passion and ran with it, how you were affected and you learned that it wasn't just something that was normal, right? And then when your husband was impacted, you you started meeting with other functional MDs. And you work with functional MDs today too, right? I do. Yeah. I've been contracting with one in Nashville who's fabulous. And I've been with him for almost three and a half years now. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you've seen a variety, you've worked with a variety of patients and you have seen firsthand how these autoimmune diseases can really impact us. And in a lot of it comes down to what we're eating and especially with this nutrition training that you are certified in as well. So, so we hear about the gut and that's kind of what we're getting into specifically today, like gut health, healing the gut. So what's, what's the gut? Can we start there? And why is it so important? I mean, honestly, the gut is everything from like your mouth all the way to your rear end. I don't know the classy way to say that. <laughs> so it's everything in between. It's yeah. um, small intestine, large intestine, pancreas, like all of that is considered the gut. So, gotcha. and then in reality, the gut is truly connected to everything. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think people realize this, but it controls our neurotransmitters. So, you know, our sleep and mood things, 90% of serotonin is made in the gut. And then two thirds of our immune system is housed in the gut. And that's honestly where, you know, that's our exit system for all waste and toxins. So you want your gut to be functioning optimally for good health. Yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting, I love how you describe the gut as your large intestine, your small intestine, your stomach. Because when I think of the gut, I just think of like the bottom half of my stomach. Like that's it. You know, it's like your gut. Like I had a gut feeling and that's kind of where you feel it. Um, So it's so helpful to know that, gosh, it spans like so many feet. If you were to unravel all of those tubes we have inside of us, right? Absolutely. And like I said, I mean, digestion even begins as soon as food enters your mouth because it's going through the esophagus. Like all of that starts the digestive process. Yeah. So when we talk about gut health, um, I love talking about this specifically with you because this I'm, I'm all about the mind-body connection. And I, I know that you and I have had these conversations before how your brain and your gut are constantly chatting, right? They're like teenagers texting all day long. And your, your brain is, is almost like driving your digestive processes because when stress happens or anxiety or, or worry or fear, anger, whatever those emotions that are coming from your brain, they're communicating to your, your gut and telling it to do certain things. Is that accurate? Do you have like another way of describing how like our mind and gut work together? I mean, you're, you're pretty spot on. We can get into the sciencey component and call it the enteric nervous system. Mm. That, that's truly what it is. It's like the second brain is in your gut. So 
you're, you're spot on with that. <laughs> the gut so, feeling and all of that. Yes. Okay. So I feel like that, that really helps set the stage for folks who might be like, eh, you know, when I eat cheese, sometimes I get a stomach ache. I don't really have an autoimmune, but, but how, how has that happened? Maybe if you've seen in patients or if you've heard in, in your line of work where this, um, and for your experience as well, where the digestion started as, oh, this is just how I react to certain foods to actually determining it a, an autoimmune disorder. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I'm going to start by clearing up a misconception because I have so many clients come to me and say, no, I don't, I don't have any digestive issues, right? Like I don't have bloating or heartburn. I'm totally fine. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you have any physical ailments, I don't care if it's headaches or if it is bloating or if it's joint pain or if sleep issues, whatever, it is almost a guarantee that there's some work to do in your gut. Mm. So I'm going to throw that out there. Yeah. And then when we deal with autoimmune, there are definitely certain types of bacteria that can be triggers for autoimmune disease. And so when you're running a comprehensive stool test and looking at that, you don't have to exhibit any of those digestive issues. You know, you, you can target things and say, oh my gosh, now that I've kind of rebalanced my microbiome or my gut bacteria, my joint pain has lessened or my depression is getting better. So I think people underestimate just how important the gut is, even if they're not disregarding like the symptoms that they assume come on with food. So, you know, oh, I had cheese and I'm bloating, but it's, oh, I had cheese and my headache's worse. I would have never connected that. I just thought I had a headache. Ah, okay. So you'd say then one of the biggest mistakes when it comes to gut health, healing the gut, or even just identifying and acknowledging the gut is, is not like one of the biggest mistakes is not associating your indigestion with your headache or your heartburn with your, um, any skin conditions or skin rashes, um, or, you know, irritable bowel syndrome with fatigue. So you're not really connecting the dots there. That would be one of the biggest mistakes you'd say you see, you see and hear people doing all the time. I think so. I mean, I definitely see two big mistakes, but that is for sure one. And it's not, it's not really paying attention to your body and listening to what it's telling you because it doesn't necessarily have to be food, but there are delayed food reactions. And then there's ones that are obvious. Like if I go eat ice cream right now, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to blow it out again. Like I'm eight months pregnant. That's my body telling me that right now this food is not working for me. So at the same time, if you eat something you know, let's say you're eating gluten on a daily basis and you have headaches on a daily basis. Could that be a factor? Absolutely. So super important to pay attention to those symptoms. Yeah. Making those connections. So if kind of, um, avoiding or just not, not making that connection between your symptoms and it being a gut situation would be one mistake. What would you say is the next biggest mistake? I think it ties into what we, we spoke about a little bit earlier. Digestion begins as soon as food enters our mouth. So yeah. I like to say that a, a mistake that people make is poor eating hygiene. That's what we call mm, eating hygiene. Okay. Yeah. So that's not like washing apples with soap, right? <laughs> no, we're using a fork <laughs> and a knife to eat with. No. Okay. What is eating high? Hy- what's poor eating a hygiene and then tell us what the good way of doing it is. Yeah. So poor eating hygiene is, I mean, honestly, it's what a lot of us are used to doing. So it's mindless eating, right? We're eating in the car. We're eating in between meetings. We're 
I'm totally guilty right now too because I have food right next to me. <laughs> Finish my lunch, so it's like, oh, let me grab some bites real quick, mm-hmm. and it's chugging beverages with meal and literally just choking down food. That is seriously a recipe for disaster for gut health because yeah. the body's designed to digest food in like a relaxed manner, right? You've got to mm-hmm. digest and absorb those nutrients. If you're not chewing thoroughly, if you're not breaking the food down, if you're, you know, throwing back tons of water and diluting some of those wonderful digestive enzymes, then you're not going to digest your food properly. And then you're really not going to absorb your food properly. So, you know, you can eat all the healthy food in the world, but if you're not absorbing the nutrients, it's not doing you any good. So Mm -hmm. yeah, slow down, slow down. Your food is applesauce texture, applesauce texture. Okay. That's so helpful because I feel like we were raised with like our moms and our grandmas saying like chew 200 times or 57 times, whatever it is. So, so what would be your just basic guideline for how much we need to chew our food? Yeah. Applesauce texture, because I feel like I mean, honestly, one of my textbooks did say 50, 50 chews. And then I've seen others with higher numbers. Yeah. Nobody wants to count. I don't want to, that doesn't make my meal enjoyable. So if I can just remember that truly my food is like baby food or pureed applesauce texture, that's sufficient. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So we talked about the biggest misconceptions and mistakes. One being that just really not making that connection and not really being mindfully aware that what we're eating and our, our symptoms and reactions to that could be ripple affecting into other areas of our lives and connecting those symptoms together. And then mistake number two would be that we're, we're, we'd have poor eating hygiene. And we're not eating our food enough. We're eating too quickly. We're eating on the go and we're not mindfully eating. So what would you say are the consequences to those mistakes? What can go wrong? Yeah. So, I mean, going back to the eating hygiene, again, this is one that people don't think of because we're such mindless eaters. It's like, well, it's second nature. You just, you know, you eat or you're running around chasing kids, whatever, but people get heartburn. And I am amazed at the amount of clients who we've worked on eating hygiene and they come back and say, I don't have heartburn anymore. So super common bloating, malabsorption of nutrients is a big one. And then that itself leads to a whole host of issues because, Mm. you know, if you're not digesting and absorbing your vitamins and your minerals, then sleep becomes an issue. Mood becomes an issue. Other symptoms start coming up. So Yeah. It's so funny. I never ever connected those dots of you need to eat slowly so that your body has time to absorb the nutrients. I always was like, oh, well it goes in your stomach. So your body is just absorbing it. Right. That's so helpful to know that just to slow down the process, not only so that you're, you're kind of helping your digest. It's kind of like when you put like a whole cucumber in the blender, it's like help out the blender and like cut it up more. Right. So you're kind of like giving that, that's kind of the analogy for help your system out, like chew that broccoli more so that you're, you're not only helping your digestive system and not, it's not going to work as hard, but then you're giving it, you're slowing down and giving it time to absorb all of the goodness that you're giving it. Yeah. I mean, we do have teeth for a reason, so mm-hmm. <laughs> it's to yeah. grind up that food. Yes. And then even the other component of it, like we're not meant to eat in a fight or flight state. And I know we did a live yesterday and you have the perfect example of a wolf is in your backyard. 
Yeah. Are you really thinking about eating a meal when you're running from a wolf? It's <laughs> no. the same thing. You shouldn't be thinking about eating a meal when you're racing to your next meeting or chasing your kids around the living room. It's like the body will not function properly and digest your food if you're in that state. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's so helpful to understand that we have trained our brains and whether it's, you know, whether you want to say it's society or culture or just kind of how you've trained your own like habits and lifestyle to be, um, we've kind of trained ourselves to eat on the go. Like, oh, I'll just eat on the way there, you know, or, oh, I'll just like eat really quickly before this next call or I'll, I'll eat during the conference call. Um, and you're saying that that's, that's definitely one of the core issues with poor hygiene because that's not how we were designed that you're, you're, we were designed to sit, enjoy a meal. And from, from a nutritional standpoint, from a, a mental wellness standpoint, um, and also just enjoy your food, right? You're eating. Food is self-care. Like that's totally self-care. Just I love that. I love that. Okay. So what successes have you seen? So we've talked about the mistakes and misconceptions and we've talked about um, like the consequences of that and that the right way is really to slow down and and chew your food thoroughly. What successes have you seen, whether in your life or with patients who you worked with who have done this work and are now seeing the benefits? I mean, I can speak through my clients. Um, definitely some have said sleep has improved drastically. I do have one client who was off of her depression meds. I mean, obviously with the help of her doctor, I'm not going to take anybody, you know, or ever address that, but she got to the point where she's like, I don't feel, you know, she just kept weaning off with her doctor's help and didn't need to go back on them. Mm -hmm. Um, anxiety levels have decreased. And then, I mean, my husband is the prime example. His autoimmune disease was put into remission And then for me, the obvious elimination of digestive issues. Yeah. Awesome. So just feeling good, right? Not looking or not feeling like you are bigger than you actually are, being comfortable and and maybe not even avoiding certain things. You know, we might avoid certain activities or events or um, even particular clothes because of how, how what we're eating and how we're eating it is impacting our lives. For sure. So, okay, what would what would this look like? Can it just happen overnight? Can you decide, all right, tonight I'm just going to eat slow, I'm going to chew on my food, and tomorrow everything's going to be fine? Or is it more of a journey? Like what, what does having good eating hygiene and um, healing that gut, what does that look like, that process? Yeah, it's for sure a journey. I mean, I wish I could say it happens overnight. Although, I mean, if your only symptom is heartburn and now you're working on your eating hygiene and that's gone, fabulous, you know? Yeah, <laughs> a lot of help. But for the mo- yeah, for the most part, like there's other things that you need to do. And there's little things that you have control over. So, you know, start with the chewing thoroughly and eating in a relaxed state and breathing between bites. But then start doing other things you know, that you have control over. I will say one thing that a lot of people don't realize is you need to poop every day. Mm. (laughs) You heard it here, ladies. Yeah. Get it out every day. (laughs) Sure. Like if those two things are functioning well, like if you can poop every day and if you have control over your eating hygiene, then that is a massive improvement right there because so many people think, oh, well, you know, I, I, I use the restroom every two or three days. And it's like, in actuality, all those toxins that are supposed to be excreted every day are just getting reabsorbed into the body. No wonder you have symptoms. So 
And that's yeah. a sign that your gut's not functioning properly. So right. hygiene, add in more fiber, like little things that you have control over. And then if you start doing all those things that you have control over and you still have issues, then that's when you probably need to seek someone's help, get a comprehensive stool test and see what your bacteria looks like. Yeah. Yeah. And I love how you describe that. It's not so much that the food is like continuing to build up in your system and you're going to feel more bloated, but those toxins are now going back. It's like old rotting food that the, the toxins that it's emitting is going back into your system. Ugh, yep. Just the thought yeah. of it. So what about folks who are like, okay, okay, I can try to poop every day. I'm going to just like have a second cup of coffee and like get a laxative, like see what the Kardashian latest, you know, <laughs> detox tea is. So what can we do that? What should we do? I mean, you could do that. It's probably <laughs> not my first step. So. No. What's the healthy way? Drink, drink plenty of water, like mm. rule of thumb, half your body weight in ounces or close to it. So if you're drinking two glasses of water and you're constipated, that might be a reason why. Mm -hmm. Get your fiber from your fruits and veggies, you know, try to eat the rainbow every single day. Get some healthy fats in that gets things moving, avocado, olive oil, butter, ghee, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and then I will say a common deficiency is magnesium. So mm dark leafy greens, dark chocolate, pumpkin seeds, but 70% or so of the population is deficient in magnesium. That is usually a pretty safe supplement to uh, start throwing in there. <laughs> wow. Okay. So more naturally water, hundred uh, percent, fruits and veggies. And then um, what was your third one that you, oh, ah. healthy fats. Yep. That'll help get it out. And then if you need a supplement, um, either find those foods that are in magne that are high in magnesium, um, which you had listed. And then, you know what, guys, you can even Google them real quick, right? What are foods high in magnesium? But if you did want to take a supplement to help, I remember when I, after I had my kids, they gave me milk, milk of magnesium in the hospital. So if you do want a supplement to help with that, then magne magnesium would be a supplement to help with that. Yeah, for sure. Totally okay. safe. I mean, the worst that will happen is you might be in the restroom a little bit longer because it's really coming out. So yep. <laughs> otherwise awesome. it's perfectly safe. Awesome. Okay. So we know what's possible, right? Just having this, um, not having to worry so much about what we eat and maybe feeling a little bit more free and in control. Let's talk about maybe the mindset around eating like this way. Do you feel that you hear um, people getting almost scared because they don't know what to eat or fearful or regretful? Um, what's the best way to approach eating in this way to help heal our gut rather than feeling like we're a slave to our gut? Yeah. And feeling super restricted because yes. that's, I'm not a fan of restrictive diets. Um, and I think that there's a balance. Like if you want a cookie, go eat a cookie, you know, but it's mm -hmm. don't eat the box of cookies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, start with, with the simple things first, right? So if you can try to eat 90% of your food being like whole foods that are nutrient dense. So let me explain those mm -hmm. fruits, vegetables. If you eat animal products, then, you know, meat, eggs, fish, nuts and seeds, and then things like whole grains, that's great. And then, you know, the other 10% of the time, your body can totally tolerate the cookies, the mac and cheese, or some of those things that you might be more inclined to eat. Mm -hmm. You don't feel totally deprived. 
but then you're also eating the foods that are nourishing your gut. And then even considering throwing in things like probiotic rich foods, which mm. is beneficial bacteria. So eat some sauerkraut with your eggs or have some kimchi with your dinner, little things like that. Yeah. And can you explain to the listeners how that will help our gut and our digestive system? Yeah. So probiotic rich foods like that, even um, kombucha and keeper, they just contain beneficial bacteria, which help feed the, the good bacteria in our gut. Mm-hmm. Cool. Awesome. So it's really, it's being more proactive. So having those, those really healthy foods that are rich in fiber and whole foods, not relying on having like an RX bar for breakfast every morning, right? Cause you might say, oh, but it has like dates and egg whites and, and whatever blueberries and your cashews in there, but it's having those separate real whole foods that have the skin on them, that have the fiber to really help support that gut. And then bonus points, if you are an overachiever, go for those probiotics. And if it's not the, if it's not the actual supplement than having those foods, sauerkraut, kimchi, kombucha, kefir, so that you are really supporting your system even more. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay. So what would be one thing that we could do today? Let's say we're like, okay, this, this episode really inspired me. I definitely have some digestive upset and there might be two different categories. Somebody who really wants to go, needs to see a functional MD and somebody who's just kind of like starting to explore it. So I guess within those two different categories, what could we do today? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think everyone could do this thing, no matter where you are in your journey, pay attention to how you eat. Like seriously, just spend the day or even just spend one meal really paying attention. Like, do I ever spend time smelling my food and starting to enjoy it? Mm -hmm. And do I take the time to chew it thoroughly versus, you know, am I just scarfing it down because I know I need to eat real quick? Yeah. Even, you know, do a little experiment, take an almond and chew it five times. Just spend a moment noticing, you know, what does it taste like? What, what do you feel? What's the texture? And then take another almond and chew it 20 times. It's going to be sweeter. It's going to be more enjoyable. So when people say, you know, Oh, I don't want to just eat chicken and broccoli. That's not enjoyable. I agree for one, mm-hmm. but whole foods can still taste delicious. If you're spending the time really eating them well, you know, smelling yeah. them, enjoying them, chewing them. So you get the full flavors. So really, I mean, that, that's the mind-body connection right there. Spend some time just paying attention to a meal. Awesome. Yeah. And it's that easy. And it's, it's kind of like, it's, it's simple, but maybe not easy. It's, it's that simple to just say, pay attention, really, really eat the food and chew the food and taste the food. And you don't have to, you know, be outside with the birds and meditate while you're eating, but just really like really be mindful and be present while you are eating. And that's the simple side, but if it doesn't seem easy, it's hard to remember because we are in such a hurry up world. So it's taking that time to, to remind yourself. So if we were to do that one thing today, it would be like, okay, when, before you eat, just pause and remind yourself that you really want to um, get more familiar with how you are eating. Not so much always the why or the what you're eating, but really how you're eating. I love that experiment with the almonds too. That's a cute idea. (laughs) You'll, you'll notice the difference. And that's the thing. Like I said, it works for everyone because even the healthiest eaters get in those bad habits and we don't pay attention and we don't enjoy our food. And 
we don't sit down and say like, gosh, thank you so much food for nourishing me because that's what it's doing. That food is giving you life right now. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. This has been so incredibly helpful. So, all right. So final five, I love asking all of my guests this because it's stuff that I actually really do want to know. Um, okay. So what is the best book you've read or podcast you've listened to recently um, that has helped you understand yourself more? Totally the Jim Fortin podcast. Yes, Jim. I love his. So good. Awesome. Okay. I will link him in the show notes. You guys all need to listen to him. He's like a whole nother level, but like we are on his level. Yeah. Yeah. Love important. Okay. What's a non-negotiable for you? Mm, that's going to be high quality food. Like I'll eat the sugar. I'll have some gluten-free treats, but non-negotiable. My stomach knows the difference. If I go for some low quality meat versus some high quality grass fed, grass finished beef or something. So yeah, high cool. Yeah. High quality food. I love it. Okay. Do you happen to know your Enneagram number? I don't. <laughs> no problem. Okay. That means you'll have to listen to an upcoming episode in the next few months we'll have. I'm just, I love knowing like how people work and how they think. So I just love asking that question. And but I good. think I did it a long time ago, but I couldn't tell you what I was. Obviously yeah. I didn't pay enough attention. <laughs> nope. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Okay. And what's a self growth goal that you are working on right now? Ooh, for me, that's the daily self-care component. So mm. morning meditation, bedtime meditation, and then some journaling in the evening. That's awesome. And for your meditations, do you use an app? Do you just like silence or music? What do you prefer? Um, yeah, typically an app. Right now I'm doing like a 21-day um, Deepak Chopra. Oh, the Oprah and Deepak one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Perfect. All right. I like that. That's an awesome self-growth goal. Um, all right. And then question number five. So this episode is going to come out like early summer of 2020. So what's the biggest lesson that you have learned during quarantine? I think that would be that it's okay to take a break. I mean, mm -hmm. it has forced me to slow down in so many different ways. And so it's okay. Like it's, yeah. it's okay to take a break from work. It's okay to take a break from running around like a chicken with my head cut off. Like I do 95% of the time, like yeah. really forced me actually to, to pause and do more of the meditation and things that I've wanted to, been, to be doing. And then I'm feeling better from it. That's awesome. Yeah. That when things slow down and take a break, the world is not ending, right? Things, the show still goes on, even if you take breaks. I like that. Awesome. Okay. So I have a bonus question for you. So what does working from the inside out mean to you? Ooh, that's tricky. I mean, I think to me, it means multiple things. So it's eating right. It's getting mindset in the right place because, you know, everything that's going on in the inside that we're not paying attention to, the gut health, how food's being digested, how it's being absorbed from my mindset, like that all impacts my physical body and some of those physical symptoms that start coming on. Mm, awesome. Yep. I love that. All right. This has been so helpful, Kira. Really. The gut is a, such a huge, massive part of our makeup. And I love how you've really helped our listeners understand the importance of it and how connected it is to everything that's going on um, and how what we eat and how we eat truly impacts how we live. This has been awesome. Thank you so much. So Thank where you. can we learn more about you? 
Yeah. So my website, unnourishedlifenutrition.com. And then I'm on Facebook, Unnourished Life Nutrition, and same thing with Instagram. Awesome. Perfect. So we will link that up in the show notes too. Unnourished Life Nutrition for your website, Instagram, and Facebook. Yeah. Sweet. Well, thank you so much, Kira. This has been so awesome. You've taught us so much and I'm really grateful for having you on the show today. Thank you so much. This was great. And there you have it, friends. Wow. Who knew there was such a thing as poor eating hygiene? I loved the reminders how it's not only what we eat that could cause digestive upset and even skin problems, but also how we eat, like eating when we're stressed, eating too fast. My favorite quote from Kira today was, you can eat all the healthy food in the world, but if you're not absorbing the nutrients, it's not going to do you any good. For all the links referenced in today's show, head on over to wholehearty.com slash 009 for episode 9. Now, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. Also, if you leave a rating and review, the podcast Algorithm Wizards will bump this puppy up so even more women just like you can step into becoming the proud, fulfilled, energized, strong, and confident women they already are and deserve to be. Until next time, friend, keep up the inner work on creating a healthier mind so you can design your healthiest self all from the inside out. See you in the next episode. Hey, if you're still hanging, listen to this. It's been said that the quality of your life is directly correlated to the quality of questions you ask yourself. Now, you might be thinking, uh, yeah, Katie, I ask myself questions all the time. Like, why do my kids not do what I say the first time I ask them? Or is it okay to have wine and chocolate and wear leggings or sweats every single day for the foreseeable future? Now, while these are very valid questions, the questions I'm referring to go a little deeper. If you want to see what I mean, I built you a totally free quarantine comeback starter kit over at wholehearty.com slash comeback. This free kit includes the first crucial questions you need to ask yourself in order to start creating a healthier mind so you can design your healthiest self. I'm telling you, it all starts with these questions. So tap the link in the podcast description, wholehearty.com slash comeback, and snag it while it's still there. Okay? Love you. Bye.